0: welcome to the analysis mason podcast i'm martin scott a research director at analysis mason and i head up part of our consumer research team focusing on tv video gaming the metaverse but also fixed broadband today i'm in conversation with oliver bruff analyst who is one of our lead authors for our fixed broadband strategies work now oliver home connectivity by which i mean the stuff that actually goes on inside the home once you've got your say gigabit connectivity to a modem in someone's house it's really something that
1: not enough people gave attention to until quite recently is it yes exactly historically operators would provide wireline broadband connectivity up to customers homes but then the in-home connectivity the stuff beyond customers front door was seen as not the operator's responsibility but We've recently seen an increasing amount of interest from operators in in in-home connectivity and we've had a lot of interesting conversations with operators that have informed um, some of our more recent research in this area. Um, So we've recently published an article on operators' Wi-Fi strategies in the connected home and we're planning to publish a longer um, strategy report on opportunities for fixed broadband um, operators in the connected home later this year as well.
0: Yeah, so this is this is part of a focus area for our research for the Fixed Broadband Strategies Research Program this year. The, the four pillars that we're focusing on for our research this year are the rollout monetization of fiber, fixed broadband customer satisfaction and, ret- and retention, which has been a, a cornerstone for many years of our research, fixed wireless access, and the relationship that has with traditional wireline connectivity. And the fourth pillar is home connectivity, where this research sits. And as Oliver mentions, we've got a series of reports coming out across the year. Now, Oliver, for this this initial piece of research, the the article that's been published, the the report that's, I think, being published later this month, it'd be great if you could sort of frame the central problem that we're, we're trying to address with the work. Definitely. So
1: there's um, two pillars to this problem. Firstly, as fixed broadband operators complete their fiber rollouts. They are, event- are effectively running out of runway to tier their services by broadband speeds, which is what they've historically done in the past. As in some markets where you have near ubiquitous fiber coverage, well, how can operators differentiate their service on broadband speed? They have to look for other areas. And one of those areas is in-home connectivity and the quality of um, home Wi-Fi. Secondly, as well. Home Wi-Fi is increasingly becoming a bottleneck for customer experience. Customer's Wi-Fi CP isn't able to provide the throughput needed for customers to receive those multi-gigabit speeds that they're being advertised on their end wireless devices. So there's definitely a need for operators to provide the improved Wi-Fi services so that customers can um, get that improved experience that they they think they're buying when they're sold uh, multi-gigabit broadband speeds.
0: So we've been talking to a wide range of operators from large multinationals down to small local players. And in that research, we've, we've come up with three categories of approach that operators have taken to thinking about in-home connectivity and what, what they can do in-home. So could you describe them for me, please?
1: Yes, definitely. So the first category is uh, improved home Wi-Fi services. This is effectively efforts to improve quality of service aspects associated with home Wi-Fi So more often, this um, takes the form of providing um, advanced routers with Wi-Fi 6 capabilities or mesh access points to improve Wi-Fi coverage within the home. The second category is smart home services. This refers to consumer IoT services related to home home automation, so uh, connected um, light bulbs and doorbells, and um, home surveillance services, so connected security cameras would be one example of that. And the, uh, the final category that we have is additional Wi-Fi functions. These are the uh, software functions that are provided over operators existing Wi-Fi CP on operators are able to provide solutions such as parental controls and device management capabilities that are accessed through operator's CP and also other touch points like operator-owned apps on mobile phones as well.
0: Yeah, that, that last section, I think, that last area is really interesting. And a lot of it's sort of enabled by the standardization of of platforms like uh, RDK that allow you to roll out more applications and more functionality. We're planning to do some more research and write some more reports specifically on those additional Wi Fi functions and how they might be monetized late, later this year and into next year. So, Oliver. How are operators improving Wi-Fi performance in the home?
1: Well, there are several ways that operators can do this. And the first and potentially most obvious one is to provide more advanced Wi-Fi routers within the home. So operators are investing in upgrading their Wi-Fi routers to the latest Wi-Fi standards, as defined by the Wi-Fi Alliance. So Wi-Fi 6 and Wi-Fi 6E uh, routers are currently on the market, but operators are also looking at how they can upgrade to Wi-Fi 7 as well. But there's also the issue of um, even the most advanced Wi-Fi routers aren't able to provide home, whole home coverage to customers that have large homes made out of particularly dense materials. And this is where Wi-Fi mesh comes in. So a lot of operators are including Wi-Fi mesh access points in their fixed broadband tariffs so that they can boost coverage within customers' homes. Um, there are lots of ways that they can integrate this, these Wi-Fi mesh and um these this, wi- this Wi-Fi hardware into their fixed broadband tariffs. They can tier it according to the quality of Wi-Fi, um, route is included, or they can offer it as a separate value-added service that can be and purchased for additional for an additional monthly fee as well. Martin, you've led the survey work that we've done around this, and consumers actually want better Wi-Fi, don't they?
0: Yeah, I, they don't really necessarily always know that Wi-Fi is the solution. They're just like, why isn't this working? I want to be able to do this on my couch or in my garden on the other side of the building to where the Wi-Fi router is. So we run a consumer survey every year and have done for about 12 years now of what, what consumers want, what they think they want, what they value. And so on across telecoms, media, and tech, and obviously fixed broadband is a really important part of that because that's where a lot lot of spend is. And when you look at the data and you ask consumers, you know what do you what do you prioritize uh, about your your current or what do you like about your current fixed broadband service, or how do you score these different elements of your fixed broadband service right now? and then ask them, well, what what do you want from your next fixed broadband service?" Well, obviously, number one, everyone always just talks about the price. They want everything to be cheaper forevermore. Hey, don't we all? But as soon as you get beyond price, the things that Wi-Fi affects are really, really important. So number one priority beyond price is is very often downstream speeds, um, the, the rate of download on a fixed broadband connection. And actually, as you were saying earlier, when everyone's got gigabit plus connections, downstream isn't so much of an issue. Um, it, it's that throughput that you're actually getting to uh, the the end devices within the home, which are usually connected by Wi-Fi, which is the critical thing. Upload speeds are also becoming increasingly important. We do see like, almost a third of consumers actually explicitly say, oh, I want new and better router or better better Wi-Fi. Um, so about a third of adults around the world do, do explicitly get this, but even more of them um, say that they want these other things and consider these other things important. And we do we do a regression analysis, which is where we, we try and control for other factors to work out what's actually affecting overall fixed broadband customer satisfaction. We measure customer satisfaction primarily through NPS, the same as most operators do. NPS is Net Promoter Score, which is a, a score of generally how satisfied customers are. Uh, and we also look at um, consumers' intention to churn and how different elements of their satisfaction with their service affect their intention to churn. And by those factors, actually, um, speed is really important. Price is really important. But the number one factor that we found affects these things is is whether someone's always already buying a a home Wi-Fi mesh solution or has Wi-Fi extenders in the home. That is actually one of the most significant factors that appears to correlate with improved customer retention and improved customer satisfaction, which I think is. Absolutely fascinating. It's, it's something that we cover in our fixed broadband amp survey reports. So thinking about the next category of approach that you mentioned there, Oliver, smart home services, it's, it's quite expensive to build your own consumer IoT kit, isn't it? Obviously, and, and most companies don't have the scale to do that. So necessarily, they partner. Now, obviously, there are a few choices of how an operator could approach consumer IoT devices and the like. How how are they doing so?
1: Well, that's a really interesting question. Like you said, a lot of operators are partnering with um, vendors and um, reselling third-party, ex- existing third-party consumer IoT solutions to their fixed broadband customers. And there are a variety of ways that operators can integrate smart home solutions into their fixed broadband tariffs. Some operators have separate bundles that include certain smart home services. Telcom South Africa is a, a really interesting example of an operator that we've spoken to who bundle um, have a separate fixed broadband tariff specifically for customers that want smart home solutions. But at the same time, There are more indirect ways to integrate smart home capabilities into your fixed broadband subscription. And some operators are actually leveraging um, doing this by leveraging Mm -hmm. existing Wi-Fi CPE to provide smart home capabilities. Like you said, it's generally the larger operators um, that that are building their own capabilities like this. So for example, Deutsche Telekom, a really big international operator, has developed what it calls HomeOS, which is a suite of APIs that act as a communication layer between its um, Wi-Fi CPE and third-party smart home solutions. And it enables customers to um, interact with and manage third-party smart home devices through their Dodge Telecom routers and Wi-Fi hardware, for example. That's um, a really interesting way of how an operator is trying to act as almost like a smart home content aggregator through its home Wi-Fi CPE.
0: The third category of approach we've been looking at is how the home access point might evolve and what new functions might be integrated into the AP over time. And that's, that's a fascinating area, but it's, it's all still quite early and experimental really, isn't it?
1: Well, to some extent it is, but there are some additional Wi-Fi functions that are somewhat established now. So, for example, parental controls, which allow uh, customers to use their fixed broadband operator app to turn off connectivity for specific devices at specific times. So a tablet for a child um, after a certain point in the day being turned off, for example, is one function that a lot of operators are offering at the moment. And it you could even say it's somewhat established now. But there are definitely new and emerging Additional Wi-Fi functions that aren't mainstream, but are developing and do have very interesting use cases. So, for example, Wi-Fi motion sensing is. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that one. It's interesting, uh, isn't it? Sorry. It's very interesting. Yeah. No, no. And this has, you know, this is where you use um, RF signals to detect motion. Within customers' homes, and it has use cases for home surveillance, but also for kind of well-being and health monitoring There's use cases as well. For example, monitoring you know vulnerable people or vulnerable relatives within the home and things like that. And that's something it's offered. Um, it's offered over plumes, um, plume pods, for example.
0: Yeah. So this is actually deployed in a few situations, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's this is an area not just Wi-Fi sensing, but this area of of kind of opening up. Um, new functionality and capabilities on home CPUs is is something that I'm particularly interested in, thinking about it from uh, both an application point of view, but also from a monetization point of view. So I was speaking at the Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi Now conference last week in Brighton, UK. Well, we were both there actually, weren't we? And I was talking about the metaverse and future applications like AR and VR Really, it it wouldn't take much of a significant shift in consumer engagement with mixed reality headsets, or even much of an increase in the level of engagement with and and quality of cloud gaming before Wi-Fi hits a real pinch point. And right now, there are an awful lot of legacy Wi-Fi 5 routers out there creaking along, and you can't retrofit them with all this sort of extra functionality. Also, Apple's um, Worldwide Developer Conference is, at the time we're doing this recording, next week. And it's quite possible that that gives VR applications a shot in the arm, the, the shot in the arm that they need to move towards early mass market take-up, finally. I mean, we've been talking about this for 20 years, but, you know, Apple have a reputation for seismic shifts and disruption, and they've been planning this for a long time. I'm not an Apple cheerleader, but I, it's interesting. And, and I've been doing research into these, kind of these catalyst events that might change demand and software development for mixed reality and AR applications. And, and AI actually has an important role to play in this too. So uh, this this first-generation headset from Apple is probably not going to sell millions and millions of units immediately. It, it seems quite clear it's going to be at a high price point. But it could be the start of something that, that grows. And also what companies like NVIDIA and Microsoft are doing with cloud gaming too. That, I think, could contribute to this pinch point in home Wi-Fi. And that might need a more sophisticated set of capabilities to be built into the home access point to support those services. So not just a migration from Wi-Fi six to or Wi-Fi five to Wi-Fi six to Wi-Fi seven, um, but things that can be monetized and productized, like lower latency on demand, like you know a hot button for paying for 24 hours of, of kind of premium connectivity. I mean, you get into some some tricky things with net neutrality there, but there are ways that certain operators are kind of approaching this by making it consumer-led functions rather than uh, operator-centric solutions. Actually, in our conversations with operators, we've heard some really interesting stuff about pricing elasticity for broadband hardware versus the underlying access, haven't we?
1: Yes, Exactly. And there's more to be explored there around router rental models and how that ties in with additional Wi-Fi functions, which is something we'll be writing more about later this year.
0: Yeah. And and also how you tier tying extra apps and features into higher tier routers, not just a new generation of Wi-Fi or a faster connection. And on that note, I think we're out of time. Thank you, Oliver, for talking us through what you've been working on. A reminder to our listeners that there is a link to the article that Oliver wrote recently in the show notes that article will also direct you towards our other work in this area, specifically in our fixed broadband strategies research program. We've got a series of reports coming out this year looking at the role of Wi-Fi and why it's important for telecoms operators. And I'll also be putting out a report on that last point I was talking about, how AR, VR applications and the metaverse or metaverse type applications potentially affects operators' Wi-Fi strategies too later in the year. Thank you for listening.